Welcome back to Live from Joe's Closet, a show where we may not be live, but we are in my closet. On this podcast, we like to talk about good movies that feature some real good music. So we hope you take the time to relax and enjoy this episode of Live from Joe's Closet. Oh my god! Yes, the boys. Boys are back. They're in back town. in town. Technically speaking, this was supposed to be a double feature for Guardians, but it's kind of like a triple feature now. Now it's a triple feature. Yes. You still haven't seen the third one. That's not what we're talking about. No. Uh, but we, in the meantime, uh, which is a song off of Guardians Three by Space Hog. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. No, I've actually um, heard that song. That, that's a great Big song. fan of the '90s. I also just really like the sequence that that happens in the movie. No spoilers though, because you have to experience it. Um, words. Uh, so in the meantime of the last episode two now, we have watched three movies, Guardians of the Galaxy, mm-hmm. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, yes. and the Guardians of the Galaxy Holiday Special. Mm-hmm. Um, it was your first experience with the Holiday Special. It was. That we watched literally like maybe an hour ago. Yes. Which is wild to think about now. But um, let's start with you. Uh, yes. Of the three, mm-hmm. what was your favorite? Two. Two, really? Yeah, it's always awesome. been two. I will say... Rewatching two has always been my favorite. I think I still feel that three might be up there for me now. Okay, but I do think two is probably the weakest story wise. Okay, altogether, but it's still probably my favorite. And uh-huh. I think it's just because some of the jokes don't land as hard. Yeah, and it's really only like some awkward bits uh-huh. where it's like, I, yeah, I know we're we're cutting the the serious moment with the joke. Let's go. Uh-huh. And it's only like two moments. It's the bit where Nebula's like, you know, the it's not ripe or whatever. Right. That's that doesn't land very hard for me. I remember me. really that loving that the first time I saw it. Yeah. Yeah. I think it it landed harder the second time I watched it uh-huh. because especially after three, I was like, Yeah, I get Nebula a lot more now uh, as a character. Because Nebula's great in the third one. Mm-hmm. Um and after Infinity War and Endgame, she's great. Mm-hmm. She's had a lot to do, she's Louise. Um, and then what else? Um, it was the one bit where it's like Mantis wakes up Drax and, and he's like, I- I'm sorry, I'm very flattered, but I just don't have those kinds of feelings for you. And then I'm like, oh, that's a great joke. And then it keeps going. And then he's like, I'm imagining us together physically. Uh, and I was like, we just had the reveal that the ego's evil. Come on, yeah. let me get some. It's a good joke, but I think it's just oddly paced in that moment. Fair. And but two as a whole, still probably my favorite mm-hmm. because mostly of the ending. And also, I think yeah. it may have the strongest, at least out of the three that we watched. Uh-huh. Uh, this none of this is counting volume three because I'm still making up my opinions on that one because um, it just came out right um, as of recording and. Um, I think two has the strongest soundtrack. Do I think two is the strongest soundtrack? What was on two? Had the uh, song about the. I'll get uh, up the list. Yes, I will get up the list. That'd be great. Uh, it probably does the strongest soundtrack. Now I've listened to Volume Three soundtrack, just because it's been around the house. Oh yeah, because we live together. I, I do be playing it a lot. Yeah, uh, I do think the third one 
does go extremely hard. And I, that's like, like wildly, I grew up violently on, hard. I grew up more on those songs than anything That's else. fair. Uh, yeah. My mom's like, well, my parents are like from the 80s and 90s, so mm-hmm. like they always played that around the house. That's very fair. So like I heard no street no sleep from broke no sleep till brooklyn like mm-hmm. my whole childhood my mom introduced me to the beastie boys like, i'm gonna be so honest with you right now mm-hmm. the sequence no spoilers but the sequence that that song is played in guardians 3 might be one of my favorite sequences in marvel and superhero movies in general okay it's an incredibly well-directed sequence and it's one shot okay it's yeah it's great you're gonna love this movie. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you right now. How long is, is it? Like two, two and a half hours. Two and a half hours. Oh, the longest of the three. Uh, well, four technically, but you know, mm-hmm. you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to find awesome mix. Oh, here we go. Okay, so for the first one, mm-hmm. here are the order that it like played in. Okay. Right. I'm not in love by Ten CCs. Whenever his mom is dying, it's that I'm not in love. Mm-hmm. So don't forget it. I love that song. Um, Come and Get Your Love, classic. Oh, great. Uh, Go All the Way by the Raspberries. Um, Hooked on a Feeling, mm-hmm. of course. And they're in prison. Escape, the Pina Colada song, which how good is it that they played the song Escape over them escaping prison? Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, that also has one of my favorite bits from that movie as well, where it's just like he went back for some music or whatever, and what? then Drax looks out the window and just goes, Behold. And it just turns around and it's the Pina Colada song as Star-Lord flies closer to the ship. Oh, I don't know why, but that bit always gets me every time I see it. Um, Moon Age Daydream, David Bowie. All right. That's one of my favorite Bowie songs, period. Uh, Fooled Around and Fell in Love by Elvin Bishop. Cherry Bomb by The Runaways. Ooh Child, The Five Stair Steps. Um... And then Ain't No Mountain High Enough, Marvin Gaye, and I Want You Back by the Jackson 5. That's that's volume one. Mm-hmm. Um, technically speaking, technically speaking, Spirit in the Sky is in volume one as well because it was used for the trailers. So it made it in the soundtrack, but it was never in the movie. Okay. Um, and then for, for volume two, we have Fox on the Run, uh-huh. Brandy, You're a Fine Girl, Mr. Blue Sky, Lakeshore Drive, Southern Nights, My Sweet Lord, Come a Little Closer, Bring It On Home to Me, Wham Bam Shangalang, The Chain, Father and Son, Surrender, Flashlight, and Guardians Inferno, a completely original song by the Sneakers. Yeah, I have to say, if the second one does, beat, yep. edge it out for a little bit. Just, just, just I don't know, they're all pretty, man. they're all pretty consistent. They're that's the thing about it. That's why it's so hard. Yeah. Is that it is. They're all so good. Right. Because then, like, once you get to volume three, yeah, it gets like, it's more angsty and angry, which is like fits with the movie. Yeah. Um, also, it's primarily nineties music. Yeah, well, eighties music. Yeah. yeah. Gen and X. That's what's, that's what's kind of nice about it. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to find the holiday special playlist. Um, because it's all like fun Christmas songs. None of it is like your typical whatever. Like uh, fairy tale in New York City. I don't know what Christmas is. Dead by Christmas. Christmas tree. Is this Christmas? Christmas wrapping just like Christmas. I want an alien for Christmas. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mrs. Claus. Christmas time. I noticed a lot of bands in there. First of all, uh, there's a lot of bands in the Christmas special that I didn't know would make Christmas. There's a Smashing Pumpkins song. Yeah, Christmas time by the Smashing which Pumpkins. Which is, I didn't think they'd be the type of band to yeah. record a Christmas song. Feels weird. It does feel weird. Because I feel bit. like Billy Corgan, the lead singer, would be like, 
know, he's a little corporate. There's a little corporate for us. Like he just, but I don't know. Maybe he enjoys the movies. That's what's That's weird. Fair. Billy Corgan. Did you know is actually like a really big like. He's a lighter side of knowing. Like he's a really big uh, WWE fan. <laughs> okay, he, did the, not know the that. Lead singer of this magic moment is a really big WWE fan. Yes, like he. I think he owns like a stock in. <laughs> if <laughs> like I'm not joking, he's like a big fan. If he was uh, a wrestler, his finishing move would be the beginning as the end is the beginning. Yes, and his. I uh, think I'm funny. His finishing move actually would be the, the fetal position. Oh. I thought you were going to do the end is the beginning is the end. Just <laughs> no, that would, be the be- that would be his uh, oh. walk-in song. Oh, for his that's wa- his, when that's he wins the match, Austin. he'll walk out to the. <laughs> that's his Steve Austin yeah. thing where it's smash glass break. And you're well aware that I love both those uh, songs. Oh yeah, yeah. They're great. Two different versions. It's interesting because two almost two different songs. I think they it really. Is. I think the lyrics are also different. I think a little, a little bit. bit. Yeah. Um, but it's funny because the first experience I ever had with that song was obviously Watchmen because I was like 10 whenever that you gotta came admit, out. Did I you saw the trailer. You saw the it. movie, right? Yeah. And you didn't care for it. I, I, it's not that I don't care for it. I just think it kind of mixes the point of the book a lot. Well, yeah, we can get into that. But yeah, or sure. not. Or not. Or but, not. We well, could talk I, about Guardians. But you can. Yes, we will. And I just want to say, but you can't admit that that trailer is... Oh, the trailer goes hard. One of the I, best I, trailers. That's something I will always say about Zack Snyder. His stuff always looked cool as frick. That's true. Like, always looks so good. Yeah. Um, Watchmen great... looks great. All his DC stuff looks great. Um, like, genuinely, a very visual director, mm-hmm. which is very cool. Um, but the first experience I had with the original version, mm-hmm. I guess it's the original version, the one that's a bit more upbeat or whatever... Yeah. Was in Batman and Robin. Oh, of course. In the tr- in the credits for Batman and Robin, it they is. play that. I was like, oh. I remember it would get me okay, pumped okay. up as a kid. Like I loved. I thought it. Batman and Robin was great when I was a kid. When I was a kid, it was amazing. Yeah, and then you rewatch and you're like, oh, oh yeah. I remember rewatching it at night and being like, damn, this sucks. Like, <laughs> like just it. that's it. I just remember being like, that was the first time where like your brain starts to develop. You're no longer a kid and just into anything. Yeah, oh my god. Dude, um, what was the first movie that you remember being like, oh, oh, this is bad? The first movie I remember being disappointed in was Spider-Man 3. I was eight. And I was like, I remember being like, like leaving the theater. It was also a weird, it was a rough experience because mm-hmm. my dad, like, it's not a sad story. My dad got into the theater late. So it was a oh. late viewing, and that movie is long. That movie is like two and a half, like two yeah, hours it's, and 40 it's minutes. It's way too long. It's three hours, like, I think within, like, including previews. Yeah. So we got back to the hotel at 1 a.m. So Ooh. we got, yeah. Ooh. So it was like, it was a mix of, like, going, it lasting forever, and then a minute, like, not being as good. Mm. And then I just left the theater as a kid. I was just like... Uh, See, I loved it when I first saw it. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, because I was eight, you know, which, I mean, you were too. But mm-hmm. um, but it had been hyped up. Me and Chase were talking about it a lot because we were hanging out, and he had gone to see it with his friends and all this other jazz and blah, 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 blah. And so we, I finally get to see it when I rented it from, like, movie gallery or whatever. How was that to you, by the way? It's refreshing. Cool. It's a uh, blackberry hibiscus, uh, and I think lavender. Hold on. Mm. Blackberry raspberry hibiscus. Excuse me. It's actually normally used for a cold brew tea, but I decided to make it hot. Um, 
It's kind of nice hot. It tastes really good. It's a pretty, it's just yeah. a, it's a nice little, yeah. little, little aroma. You know how it has um, good teas? What well, has great teas? Uh, well, I think so. I think it has good teas. Okay. Probably if you know, we got a sponsorship by them. It'd yeah, be Harris Teeter, but we don't have a sponsorship. So of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so who, there's uh, no point in talking. Yeah, about like that. no, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, if we had a a, a, a sponsorship from like uh, Trader Joe's, Trader I'd talk Joe's, about how great their tea is. I would talk about their tea uh, all day long. I talk mm-hmm. about a lot of their products. Uh, uh, all there's day a long. lot of their products that would be great. Like I their love two buck yeah. chuck wine. Yeah, but we don't have a sponsorship. Of course, but we don't have. We wouldn't talk about. You know, there's no easy no point talking way out of this one. Um, yeah. yeah, absolutely. So, like, um, going to Guardians, what did you do? You think you have like a favorite character out of the the group? Um, oh, healing. So, okay, it's a mixed bag. I'm That's a, fair. I'm a, uh, In a good way. Oh, I love all the characters, and that sounds like saying like rewatching these. I realized how much I like all the characters, oh, yeah. but of course, like I love Star Lord. I think he is my number one, which is pretty basic to say. Then it's Drax. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Drax and then Rocket Raccoon. That's fair. Yeah. I think that's very fair. Um, I think for me, it's definitely Star-Lord Peter. Uh, I actually got kind of emotional talking about it. So I I went to go see Guardians 3 again uh, as of recording last night. Uh, It was my second time seeing it. And I got emotional talking about it with my friends because I was like, I I realized how much I love these movies is because, like, I, I get Peter, like, a lot. Like, I get it. And so... And also, like, rewatching these movies, I realized how much more competently he's written as a person mm-hmm. than he is in Infinity War and Endgame. Because they kind of make him look like an idiot in those movies. Yeah. And I'm like, it's kind of weird because I'm like, he's well, like a very competent, smart yeah, guy. He's, he's immature not, and childish, sure, it, yeah. but, like, he's not an idiot. That's a good distinction is that people kind of confuse his, like, childlike wonder for him being mm-hmm. stupid. Yeah, and it's... And I don't think he's a stupid character. No, he's, like, stunted emotionally. Yes. Because you watch the movies and you can see easily Mm -hmm. it's laid out in front of you. Dude only ever loses things. Mm -hmm. And so he's a stunted emotional dude who who clings on to, like, the fun things from his childhood and ignores the hard Mm -hmm. stuff. I think you can kind of, like, make sense that maybe Drax is not the smartest character. Yeah, well, yeah, Mm -hmm. and they they lean into that in the third one as, mm-hmm. like, an emotional thing, and it's actually really beautiful what they do with it. Mm. Yeah, because some people... James Gunn has such a cool way of writing where he will take any, like, um, criticism and be like, okay, mm. watch this. Because he does that in every movie where someone will say, like, like in Guardians 1, a lot of people complained that Ronan was kind of one note as a villain. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, sure, just kind of menacing. And then James Gunn did Ego the Living Planet, Starro the Conqueror, uh, the the Thinker, and both of those in the Suicide Squad did Peacemaker's Dad, mm-hmm. uh, the White Dragon, and then did the High Evolutionary, and he has not missed since Ronan. Mm-hmm. And I and I literally think it was just like if you had to add one more scene with Ronan, just a little bit more, I think it would have been a lot better. Yeah, because in altogether he's just kind of like religious zealot, the character, which works, but I I think. Yeah, I can see where some people would think that's a little flatter than it should be, but you're focusing on the main team, so it doesn't matter. And then you get into the second one, you got Kurt Russell as your villain. Like, huh? Yeah. And then, like, the villain of the holiday special is a lack of Christmas cheer. That's, that is true. That is, the, that, that is the, the villain. villain. <laughs> that is the villain. Um, so we'll, we'll start with the first one. Yes. Um, what are some of your favorite moments from the first movie? God, let me think. It has to be, okay, the opening. Yeah. Where you, you specifically in, the Star Lord one or the where he's a kid? Star Lord one. Okay, yeah. Where come and get your love. Yeah, come and yeah. get your love. That set the tone for it. Where 
that just was a changing moment in Marvel. Mm. Like since Guardians. Honestly, came up. can I be real with you? Mm-hmm. I think it was a changing moment in in like cinema, because how many movies have tried to be de- uh, Guardians of the Galaxies? Yes, since I know because like Squad. Even Dungeons and Dragons recently, yeah, the Honor Among Thieves had, and it actually did a good job. Yeah, I, I think it was like the it. best like Guardians esque movie yeah. since I, the Guardians. And I agree. I think everything in that movie is pretty great up until like my biggest complaint and my only complaint really with Dungeons and Dragons is that mm-hmm. it, it doesn't end Honor Among Thieves specifically. Yes, in uh, case there's, there's been a lot of those. Uh, in case unless you think more. we're talking about the '90s one. Yeah, no, we're talking about the new one that came out, the good one. Yeah, it's great. Uh, it also no. has a Chris P in it. It does have a crispy as a crispy. as a Star Lord esque character. It's got a crispy, crispy, crispy Chris. It's got crispy crisp. Uh, but no, it was uh, the fact that it ends like three times. Like uh, yeah. just like, yeah. you know, whatever. Yeah, but like that's pretty much the only movie that mm-hmm. I think. I mean, everything else. I wouldn't say it changed cinema, but I would say it definitely changed cinema for like the way, like the this decade has. Uh, Progress, one hundred percent. Like I wouldn't say yeah. like I, it's as influential because it was such a successful. Yeah, thing. and and you got to take into account these were not popular characters at all. No, like, not they at have all. Never Absolutely been popular not. characters. And, and it's interesting and because this, it's yeah. it's so weird. The a that they took a chance on these and like I don't know maybe it's because like the, the like the way they did the it's like unheard of mm-hmm. how like uh, characters that were so unpopular. I was a fan of comic books. I never heard of Guardians of the Galaxy. You have to be like a super Marvel fan. Like I knew they existed, but only from like the small things that I had seen of them in passing where it was like, oh, they were on this cartoon show for one episode mm-hmm. and it had like I knew who Rocket Raccoon well, was. You know, That's it. well, you got to tell me this one Groot. thing. You're right. These are like kind of characters that would be like one offs where you're like, they're never going to make movies off of these yeah. characters. So, so, so originally in the comics, it's interesting because the original Guardians of the Galaxy team wasn't these guys. It was like. Like Stallone's character, Stakar, like Starhawk, mm. and Gamora, and Charlie, th- like X, and the, the guys who were like Yondu's team. Yondu was in the original Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, okay. Yeah, and all of them were super different. Like, all, Yondu was an actual archer okay. with a magic arrow. So these were like, this is this Guardians of the Galaxy team is mm-hmm. like kind of like the way the Justice League is and the, and the Avengers are, where like they have constant characters that yes. go in and out of the mm-hmm. group. So, so the recent, like, the, the run that, that cemented the Guardians that a lot more people knew about, because it was interesting, there was two different comic events going on at the same time. There was Civil War, and then on the cosmic level, there was Annihilation. Mm. And that was a bigger deal, and it was better written, but because Civil War had, like, Spider-Man and the X-Men in it, then that's what people read. Mm-hmm. And while this great series going on where the resurrected Drax the Destroyer and the Nova Corps and like all these like big Silver Surfer and the Scrolls and all these other like big, big stuff going on that could have wiped out the galaxy. That's where the new Guardians of the Galaxy were formed. Um, it was like I think it was Star-Lord, Drax, Mantis, uh, Gamora, Groot, Rocket or someone else. I think Adam Warlock. I might be wrong. But, like, these were the characters that started cropping up. And it was, it was like, Dan Abnett and somebody else who did the art for it. But they were, like, they, they these are the guys who wrote this story for a long time. And it was a great run. And this 
movie was based on that team. Mm. There's a lot of liberties taken because right. James Gunn has a very good job, like a uh, tendency to take a character, leave the heart of that character, but change some superficial stuff. Like the music uh, for Guardians was a great choice because it's like, yeah, Star-Lord was taken as a kid. Sure. Um, Star-Lord's dad is not Ego the Living Planet not in the comics. Other it's, yeah, it's Jason of Star, 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 Spartax. That's what it is. And originally, Star-Lord wasn't just like a cool name that his mom gave him. It was a moniker of the Spartax people and like small stuff like that, mm -hmm. that just kind of like just slowly shifted it around to make it a lot more appealing. Mm -hmm. Star-Lord was a lot more like rigid and a military guy. Right. I figured. And then like, no, not in this. He was a lot more fun and I like that better. And now he's a lot more like that in everything else you see him. In. Mm -hmm. Um, and and so like a lot of that it comes from just James Gunn writing them as a as a very dysfunctional family. Okay, where uh, I gotta ask in the comics, I'm yeah. assuming it wasn't as lighthearted as it is in the movies. No, which I which mean, which is kind of lame. you get to the third one, and it's not lighthearted. Okay, well we'll see about that. You'll no. see. It's <laughs> very fun. It's very funny, but it, there's some there's some heavy stuff. I talked to that's Abby. What, about that's it. what I was worried about. I was yeah. worried that they were gonna lose the fun part. Of it is. It, they don't. Okay. There's. Some of my favorite jokes are in the third one okay. um, because it, there's just like because you've grown with these characters, a lot of the jokes are just better because mm -hmm. it's like, cool, I love these guys and, and I get them now um, a lot more than I did. And there's a lot of stuff that is just like really, really fun. Um, but so like Ronan being the main villain is it was interesting and I liked it because Ronan is a like I think he was even a big deal in the Annihilation Wave uh, that was going on and. But he, like, originally was more of, like, a Fantastic Four kind of thing with the Kree. Because Fantastic Four, what the movies have never done right, is they're supposed to be, like, explorers. And it's like Star Trek, but a, a superhero superhero family, right? Mm -hmm. So they're, like, going to the center of the Earth and meeting the mole people. And they're going out and discovering who the Skrull and Kree are and helping in the Skrull-Kree wars. And, and, like, all this other stuff in different dimensions in the negative zone and dealing with Doctor Doom and magic and all this other jazz, right? Movies never did that. No. And it sucks, but I'm hoping that's what they fix in the new one. Because it seems like they're, from the rumors, they're talking about, like, Galactus and stuff. And I'm like... Already? Nice. Yeah. Well, like, setting that up. Okay. And so, like, some of the heralds of Galactus, of what, the coming uh, of Galactus. Now, is... So I know Adam Driver yeah. has accepted a role. Um, well, it's not confirmed, Maybe. but it's it's heavily rumored that He's it will Mr. be Adam Driver as Mr. Fantastic and Margot Robbie as Sue Storm. I like that already. That's, I really like that. Uh, Human Torch, if you knew an actor who is... I think it actually... Hold on. Who is blonde, has a sense of humor and good comedic timing, who would you pick... Who would you pick? And you know, let's say he's in close proximity to you. Um, and a blonde and maybe a actor. Person, maybe a person who's like been a fan of the character since he was yeah, a child. Yeah, 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 yeah. What age range are we thinking here? I'm thinking in between like, like the 20s? age range of like 24 to 24. Cool, 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 uh, cool. Well, Chris isn't 24. No, but, he's not anymore. Uh, and also, he's. he's no, my friend Chris. Your friend Chris. Yeah, my friend Chris. Well, Chris, He's not really in that close of a proximity. Chris lives about an hour fifteen away. Oh, yeah. yeah. I think you had to be. Closer. I think I could dye my hair blonde. You could. You, yeah. could, you could. I don't think I'd be a good human torch, though. Neither do I. Uh, <laughs> I think. <laughs> Dude, okay, so Guardians. But who isn't? Or, or wait, you who, would actually, un unironically, yeah. you could pull that 
off. But I was well. also wondering who do you think is who is intoxicated um, torch? Oh right, hold on. That's what I was looking up. Oopsie poopsies. Um Well, it just got really quiet on the podcast for a minute there. Um, apparently, Paul Mescal. Who? I'm looking him up. Don't worry about it. Uh, it's a young Paul Mescal. Uh, he's Irish actor, 26. Um, normal people after some. Oh, 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 this guy. Yeah. That, that guy. I know him. Yeah. What's yeah. he He's in. just in, he's in normal people. He's, he's like a kind okay. of under the radar guy. I like. He's that. like an indie dude. Good. And he's like, I think he just got nominated for an act for for an actor for an Oscar. He got nominated to be an actor. Good yes. For him. He got nominated to be one. Um, I like the indie casting. Speaking of like off the wall, unknown castings. Really, the only person in Guardians of the Galaxy that was super well known were the characters that were animated. Bradley Cooper and Vin Diesel and Zoe Saldana. Zoe Saldana Zoe. was known Chris pretty Pratt. well. Not really. He was Parks and Rec. Yeah, he was a TV guy. Yeah, and he was in a few things. But then this was the year that made him a movie well, star. I knew about him. I, saw I knew him. of him because no. I'd seen Parks and Rec. But well, I saw him in like a lot of different comedies. Like he oh, was word. a comedy okay. guy. That makes sense. always. He was always kind of like a comedy. Then guy. he got abs for it. Then he, yeah, and then they hired Batista to be. Drax the Destroyer. Now that's like one of the biggest uh, star making performances ever. Absolutely, because yeah, now he's in everything. Yeah, and also he's like, he's very talented. I like what he does a lot. He's a very he's a very good actor, and he's got great comedic timing. He's perfect for Drax. Mm-hmm. But it was like when I remember hearing it was crazy because when I, I remember when the Guardians of the Galaxy was being talked about, I remember not thinking it was going to be anything. Yeah. I remember it being weird. I was like, all right, so like a gritty Star Wars thing, I uh, guess, yeah, sure, I whatever. That's what it was, yeah. And then I saw the trailer, and I was like, oh, wow, this looks fun. This looks great, yeah. yeah I remember cool. being like, oh, this, I'm kind of excited for this, okay. Yeah, I, I want to see what this is about. And I was like, maybe it will fall through. It was kind of like, what was the recent thing where I was like, this might, oh, it was Dungeons and Dragons, actually. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was going to be terrible. I heard a I lot of people preview. did. I saw the previews for it, and then I saw it, and it's awesome. It's sad that I don't think it made a huge lot of money. No, nah, I think it broke maybe even. That's good. They could probably make. I, I think it's like they were talking uh, about doing an Amazon show, or at least like maybe just a show like a movie with like a lesser budget. Yeah, like just I'm, a I'm little down bit. for that. I mean, frick it, just continue. Just the base characters. it in the jail. You have hey, that set. That's not a bad idea. You have that set. You have the set. I hope they didn't tear it down. Um, just make like a bottle episode. Just make a bottle episode and focus a movie. more on the writing. Yeah. That actually would be. I mean, they did a great job with the writing with the characters, yeah. which is why I think Guardians works. So like Zoe mm-hmm. Saldana was known pretty well. Yeah, I mean she, she had been an Avatar and all this Star other Trek. jazz. Yeah, Star Trek. She was great as Ahura yeah. mm-hmm. in the Star Trek reboots. Um, and she so she was kind of big for a little bit. It's mm-hmm. interesting because a lot of these characters, like it, it was in the. She's actually quite a petite woman. I just get, I, I got it, I got it. Um, <laughs> but a lot of the actors for this were, it was kind of up in the air. Like, mm-hmm. I think originally it was supposed to be like, I think Olivia Wilde was asked to play Gamora, and okay. she turned it down. I feel like she would have been good. She would have been. I'm glad it was Zoe Saldana, though. I am too. I really I'm am. very glad. Like, I'm, I'm glad we got the cast. That's crazy, because that they actually have similar personalities. Yeah, it was almost that. Zachary Levi of Star Wars. He would have been good, too. He would have been I'm, good. I'm, I'm glad it's I can't, Chris Pratt. I can't, but. I'm glad it's Chris Pratt. Who is Drax? Was it always they always Momoa? Oh, mm. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for censoring. That yourself. was 
that could have been good. Yeah, and he was like, I don't want to do that. And then he played Aquaman, which, I mean, yeah, sure. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but also. So they always had, like, better. a good idea of where they wanted to go with this. Yeah. It seems like, because even with the alternative cast, I'm like, oh, that still probably would have worked. It would have worked. I no, think. I think this is, like, the perfect. The best version. The of best it, version. Yeah. We got the be- There's another universe. David Tennant was in talking to play Rocket. Listen, I'm glad Brad, we got Bradley. I'm glad Cooper. we got Bradley Cooper. Even though there's like, a, I'm not a big Doctor Who fan. In That's fact, fair. I tried to watch Doctor Who for like a weekend, and uh, it's not my jam. That's it's not for everybody. Yeah, and it's it's up and down with but writing. I, yeah, and I get why people like. I can see the reason why people like it. It's like a specific. It's just not my type of dorky. Yeah, <laughs> you know, there's specific. I, I fell off of Doctor Who pretty hard, but like I watched a lot of it, mm-hmm. and it was up until Peter Capaldi that I was watching it. Um, I just kind of fell off because I was like, oh, I'm, I'm moving from like one city to another, whatever. And then I just didn't go back. Right. And which, I mean, happens. But like uh, Tenet as Rocket would have been really fun. Um, because even most of the times whenever we saw Rocket before the before the movie came out, he had kind of like a cockney, like, you know, angry mm-hmm. British man kind of sound, which was what I expected. Like, he shows up in Earth's Mightiest Heroes, and he shows up and he goes, Oi! us the Star-Lord! Respect him! And, like, to, to Iron Man or whatever. And I was like, yeah, it could have been Tenet. That would have been mm-hmm. fun. But then they got Cooper, who made him, like, Brooklyn. Yeah. And I love it. Yeah. Because especially... That's our Cockney. Dudes from Brooklyn. Brooklyn is our Cockney. <laughs> that is absolutely... <laughs> it's just dudes from Brooklyn. Oh, mm-hmm. that's great. Um, But... I really like the cast for this. I don't. I don't think there was ever anybody except for like Vin Diesel for Groot. No, I mean just get somebody with a cool. Get, you could have gotten voice. Keith David or something like that. Who's Keith know. David? Keith David is. Uh, I'm trying to think of the first thing that you would know him from. He does. He's got the super deep voice. Um. Um. Keith. David. I'm Groot. There we go. Uh, you'll know him. Once you see him, oh yeah, 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 yeah. That uh, dude has such a cool voice. You know what's weird when you showed me him? Princess and the Frog. He played, yeah. he played the 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 the, the bad guy. The bad guy. Yeah. I can't remember his name. He's also been in. A, he's been so much. He was in. Gargoyle. He's got friends on the other side. Yeah, he has such a cool voice. Mm-hmm. He's a, an incredible voice actor, but he's also an incredible actor. Actor. Right. Yeah. Uh, anyway, you were saying something. I forgot. But good, great. Mm-hmm. Um, fair. He was in Nope. He was uh, their dad in Nope and dies right at the beginning. Have you seen Nope? I don't. He's not Nope. Yeah, he is. No, that's a different dude. That's uh, that's the guy who played the dad at the beginning was Keith Danny David. Glover. That is not Danny Glover at the beginning. There's no way that's Danny Glover. Hold on, I'm I finding be, I it. I might out. be wrong, but I think uh, it's Danny Glover. I could have sworn I was Keith David at the beginning. Hold on, it's Keith David. Oh my bad. It's Keith David. It happens. Oh, we we hate to see it. Um, so back to Guardians. Um, <laughs> um, what was I going to say? What what's one of your favorite sequences besides the opening? Because that yeah, the they never miss with the opening mm-hmm. in uh, Guardians. I, I, it was actually on the second view and I missed it, but it's okay. I've seen yeah, the, I've seen the movie like four or five times. Mm-hmm. It uh, this is probably like my fifth time seeing it all the way through, and it's like the prison scene. I remember oh, really set to that. escape, or the yes. or the beginning where it's set to to hooked on a feeling. It's 
the whole i think it's all, the whole, of, it. all of it oh when dude it's prison. great it's interesting because they have little bottle moments in all of these movies uh-huh. um including the third one um where it's like all right we got to do this like quick mission where it's like the first one kind of opens with it where mm-hmm. the first one's like all right we're protecting these batteries with the sovereign and whatever and then everything pops off and the whole team splits up which i think is like the perfect thing for a a second movie to do mm-hmm. is to split the team empire does it like almost all the great like number twos do it oh, wow. where it like it strips back a lot of the things and it's like all right now we got to figure out who you are mm-hmm. and that's what i love about the second one a lot um but it's actually i wish they would save those moments i know they want to always do it but i feel like that's best for the third because it's hard to mm-hmm. continue that well, they they do it great in the third one. Oh, well, that's fair. Um, it, it, and maybe it's because they have so many characters mm-hmm. to do that with. Um, they do a lot of character work in the third one that really drives home how hard it is knowing that it's like, yeah, this is probably the last one. Because I'm like, oh, I'm not ready to be without you. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sad about it. Frick. Um, but in the first one, some of my favorite sequences, uh, music-specific sequences... Um, there's something great for me sitting in the theater when I was like, what, 15 when this movie came out? 14, 2014. Yeah. So I would have been 15, um, was watching them go to nowhere for the first time and hearing moon age daydream by Bowie. I was like, Oh, where this, the Marvel universe got cracked wide open with this movie Mm -hmm. because I mean, before this, it was like the most crazy comic booky stuff we got was Thor and Avengers for the MCU. Right. right. That was the weirdest thing we got, you know, cause everything else was like, ah, oh, you know, Hulk, which we've known for a long time, billionaire who makes a suit of armor and a, a soldier who's really strong. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Thor was kind of wild, but it was, it, but they grounded him on earth to keep it from being too insane. Uh-huh. And then Avengers was cool. But it was also kind of grounded because it was all about them teaming up and everything. So it was like awesome. Then we had Iron Man and another Thor movie. And it was, you know, another Captain America, arguably one of the best MCs. 2014 was wild because we got Winter Soldier and Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm. But And then Guardians hits and it is the craziest thing they had done. Yeah, I feel like it was. I mean, I you say Thor: The Dark World because they spend it a lot of time. In the, mm-hmm. I I don't really like that movie at yeah, all. Yeah, it's pretty bad. It's like my. It's really it's, boring. Yes. Yeah. I, I don't that's, care for that's it. That's the weird part about it. It's like it's, it's supposed to be this big galaxy hopping adventure, and I'm like falling asleep because mm-hmm. it's just like nothing's happening really, and it's so dull. Yeah. To look at like it's I don't know. There's yeah. a lot about it that's just really weird. Um. So, um, when it comes to like. Guardians one, I think it's like a, I think it's a near perfect like team film where you just get all the characters. Like like why why would you want to save the galaxy? Because I'm one of the idiots who lives on it. Mm-hmm. That's a great line, bro. I love that. So like, all in all, I think that movie's incredible. And ending it with the dance off bit is great. Yes, because is. stuff like that hadn't really been. Like it was, it was a great moment that like used. It wasn't one of those where it's like, here's an epic moment, and we're gonna undercut it for comedy, and that's it, just for a joke. It was like we're gonna undercut it, undercut it with comedy, because that's what the character would do, yes. and it serves the story. Mm-hmm. And and I think that's something that a lot of modern Marvel movies are kind of missing. I don't get. 
yeah. true to the Where character. it's like, guys, it's funny because they did something funny. It's like, no, they need to do something funny because it makes sense for their characters. Yeah. A lot of the humor in the Guardians movies come from the characters interacting with each other mm-hmm. because they're just weird people. And it's great. They're all so different. Um, moving on to the second one. Yes, let's do um, it. Favorite musical moment from the second film. Favorite musical. Well, we didn't do favorite musical moment for the first one. Yeah, we did. So. Uh, did we? Yeah, you talked about. Well, at least I was trying to ask you about that, and you started talking about the prison sequence. But yeah. well, you said you didn't say musical moment. You said I favorite moment. I could have sworn I said moment m- music. What's your favorite musical You're moment? My favorite musical moment in the first one is probably "Come and Get Your Love." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just yeah. because that's the first time I really heard that song. Yeah, it's a great. I mean, you song hear too. that song. I've heard that song my whole life, mm-hmm. and you know, and it's just the first time where I've like heard it all together, and it was it's just a great song. And it just perfectly like fits the song, fits the moment right, and sets the tone for the whole movie. Where it kind of hits that point where it's both like it's funny watching Starlord dance, but there's also like a sincerity to it, which is like what you realize when rewatching these movies is that there's like this undercoat of like mm. deep sincerity that I don't think when a lot of Marvel movies do the humor thing they yeah. they miss. You know, I think it's a, it, it is a very interesting. Point and I think Thor Ragnarok had that, yeah. Where it was this this line of um, these characters who are deeply sad and like mm-hmm. like have a lot of issues, but make jokes and try to be happy as a way of masking for it. Mm-hmm. Because Ragnarok had a lot of that, where it was like Thor's making jokes because he just lost everything and whatever, and he's learning that way of coping from his time with like his friends on Earth. And all this other stuff, which at least that's how I read it, because that's also how Taika makes his movies, where it's that happy, sad thing. Uh-huh. And so for Guardians, I think it's like such an interesting way, because like there's a line in the third one that I want to bring up, but I can't. Uh-huh. But it because it's it's a big moment that I want you to be able to experience. But it, it is a moment that kind of expresses how much of the Guardians are just miserable belief beneath the surface. Mm-hmm. And and it's. It's 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 great. And that's what works with these characters. I, I agree, man. Sorry. Anyway, yeah. I was kind of just talking. Yeah, but anyway, and I, I do think, uh, back to what you are saying, I don't think if this w- worked, we definitely wouldn't have gotten a Thor Love and Thunder because... Ooh, yeah. No, I 100% believe that. If the, if this, if the Guardians didn't work one and two, we wouldn't have gotten Thor Love and Thunder. Like, or Ragnarok. Or Ragnarok, yeah, with all of its flaws. I still like, you know... I think you're getting the two. Mixed. I am. Yeah, I am. Yeah, Love and Thunder was the one that wasn't very good. No, I am. I th- I think you. Know what's weird? Thor: Love and Thunder to me sounds like a bet, like a cooler title than Ragnarok. But I do. Yeah. Ragnarok. Well, Ragnarok's a, a tight title because it's the Norse end of the world, though. Oh, I know. Uh, I know you know. Yeah. But like mm-hmm. that is a tight title. Love and Thunder does go hard, and then you watch the movie, and you're like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I actually don't hate that. I don't think. I think, I think it's get... overhated. I think it's it, overhated. I, I think it's a weak movie. But yeah. it is overhated. I think it's a solid seven out of ten. Like I think it's like a six. Sure. Or you a five. I don't think it's a five. Five is really bad. Mm-hmm. Five is like Thor the Dark World. I don't know. I'd say that's like a four because I just like that's would fair. I would that rather was... watch a bad movie than I would Thor the Dark World. Because yeah. Thor the Dark World is just boring. So are you admitting that Triple X is a better movie than Thor the Dark World? I think unironically, Triple X is a better movie than. <laughs> yes, like not even like a. Oh, it's so much funner to watch because it's a bad movie. Like, no, it's just more entertaining as a film. <laughs> uh, anyway, moving on. Mm-hmm. 
to uh, to Guardians Two, Volume Our two. favorites, yes, um, of the two. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, what's your favorite musical moment from the second? Favorite musical moment from the second. Uh, There's a lot of really good ones. My favorite musical moments like a heart because you're supposed to be like one moment that. Mm-hmm. My favorite song is uh, "Bringing It Home to Me," mm. uh, Sam Cooke. Yeah, it's a good moment though. It is a good moment where they Mora. they break into an argument and whatever. We kind of mm-hmm. get into the end of the second act. It's interesting how much like music plays more into this movie because the way that ego also responds to the music yeah. because of the memory of Meredith, um, where they play like Brandy twice. They mm-hmm. use it at the beginning of the movie, and then again whenever him and Peter are uh, about to like he's about to explain the uh, the expansion to Peter, um, which I really love. Um, I feel like Mister Blue Sky is like it's a great opening. It's it's on the level of like um, come and get your love, where it's just like cool. Here's we're back, mm-hmm. welcome, and it, it it's interesting because like the way that these the movies. Like the opening of the movie kind of sets up exactly how this movie feels where like the tagline for the first movie was you're welcome Mm -hmm. because it was it was just insane. And so like you get into come and get your love and it's just like, all right, we're going to have a good time. And the second one is like, we're back. You missed us, but we're back. And then the third movie opens and it's like. It's goodbye. Mm. And it's and it sucks because it's like it's a it's we're back for one last time mm-hmm. and it's not going to be easy saying goodbye. And because they open it with creep. That's the first song wow. of the movie. Bruh. Oh, it hurts. And it's it's a good movie, man. It's so good. Um, But but yeah, so like Mr. Blue Sky is like the big opening song, right? Because like technically the first song is um brandy like technically the first song of the first one is uh i'm not in love but um which also sets up star lord's character very well um but anyway uh but i think my favorite for for a moment in general was probably the chain Mm -hmm. both times they play it yeah where they're separating and then when they've come back together which is what the song is about Right. It's about like, even though we get so pissed at each other, we're connected by the chain, and it's great. But um, but uh, all to God, no, I think Father and Son's my favorite one altogether. Mm-hmm. Be just the Yondu's funeral at the end of the movie. Yeah, Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. that I I cannot ever watch that movie without tearing up because of that. And I think genuinely that's one of the hardest I've ever cried. In the theater. Have I told you this story? I feel mm-hmm. like no. So I went to go see this movie with my sister. She was getting married. 2017? Yeah. So my sister Katie was getting married. And it was the last thing we got to do to hang out with each other before she was married. It was kind of a nice thing. It was just me and her. And so we drive to Fayetteville to go watch this movie. And um, we're sitting in the theater. And I'm like really digging this movie. And Yandu dies. And I'm like really heartbroken. And I'm already like tearing up and everything. And then the... The funeral sequence happens and everything just keeps going and everyone shows up and they didn't abandon them in the end. And I do the, uh, 
the thing that like white women do in church when they're trying not to cry where they will like hold it all in and then like try to get a little bit of air and make an ungodly noise Mm -hmm. where it'll just be like (laughs) like really (laughs) really loud in the theater my sister looks over at me and she's crying too you know it's a very beautiful moment she's like tearing up and everything she goes are you okay and i'm like it's just a really beautiful moment man (laughs) And so that was probably the hardest I've ever cried in the theater. Um, even more than like Endgame and all that jazz. Because everyone was talking about how much they were crying during Endgame and whatever. And I was like, I did cry. But uh, for me, it was like the first time I saw it, I didn't cry until like the end with Captain America. Which is a really nice moment. Oh, no, was that's like, that was it. super sweet. I, have, yeah, I didn't cry when, uh, spoilers, Iron Man died. Yeah, I mean, like, it's, I yeah, I'll it's, tell you who it's did. been out for someone. I'll tell you who did. My ex-girlfriend, who I went to the yeah. movie and see M game with, yeah, I saw her. This is her second time seeing it. She saw it again with me. Oh, yeah? Look over. She's crying. Mm. I was disturbed. <laughs> I will say I did cry more during the second time I watched it, actually. Mm. No, me. but I was actually... I thought that scene with the Iron Man... I didn't cry during it. Uh, but yeah. I thought it was really... It was I really think I liked was, it, it was all very well done. Yeah. It was just like, it was a nice goodbye for that chapter of the MCU mm-hmm. as well. But they and, kept going. You know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's just, it's just, still going. It still goes. It's good. You got Jonathan Majors as King. King. Uh, yeah, we do. Um, maybe not for much longer. Maybe not. Um, <clears throat> but hey, speaking of not problematic actors, yeah. uh, what did you think of Kurt Russell as Ego? As the new Kurt villain? Kurt Russell's Ego? Uh, I, he is fine. Believe I really enough. like him. I know. Kurt Russell is just being Kurt Russell. That's true. And you know, but I, it, it, I don't have a lot of complaints as that's far true. as like, honestly, like I don't, I, I would love a great villain for a movie. Mm-hmm. You don't need it to make a great movie. That's true. You know, and I'm not saying, I think he's the best villain. I haven't seen the third one, mm-hmm. but I think he's the best villain that the series as far as, as far as I am in it has. Uh, definitely. I think he's he definitely is, better than Ronan. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I like Ro. I like the way I like Ronan's whole design. I think Lee Lee Pace is a, a great Ronan, and mm-hmm. he's very threatening. Yeah. Um. Um. But yeah, Ego is better yeah. as like as like also just like the emotional weight to who Ego is. Yeah. And that bit of just the broke my heart to put that tumor in her head. Mm-hmm. I remember being in the theater and I was like, Oh, frick! What? I, <laughs> Katie, my sister. I remember hearing that, and she goes. What did he just say? And it was like at the same time that Chris Pratt says, "What?" <laughs> now I know that sounds bad. Blah, blah, blah. That's such a good moment, man. And, and it really does show the characters as well because they're not the best people. Yeah, no. I mean, I think that's just the there's products of their environment. Yeah, know? because like they're they're ex killers and thieves, mm-hmm. and and it's funny because like. Gamora literally has that line of like, and if he turns out to be evil, just we'll him. just kill him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's so good. Um, I think like the second movie does a great job of what most second movies should do, which is deepen the character relationships mm-hmm. and uh, understandings of each other. Like by the end of the movie, Peter and Rocket have such a, a better relationship than they did in the first one because like they're best friends, and 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 it was funny because the, James Gunn has such like a a backbone. Uh, okay, he has such a sack on him, all right? That's the better way of putting it. Um, that he made the last shot of the movie a raccoon crying. Yeah. and I forgot how heavy that is. Yeah. 
he was just crying because he lost his friend. Mm-hmm. And James Gunn literally tweeted, he's like, yeah, Rocket's realizing that maybe there is a, a God in heaven. <laughs> and I was like, what? Jesus, man. <laughs> it's amazing. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, I, I I think everyone has great performances in this movie. Yeah. I as do. well. Uh, there was a, a bit that came out recently during the marketing for three that that bit where um, Peter is holding baby rocket and he's listening to father and son with him. Mm-hmm. Um, that the look that's on uh, Peter's face as he's like tearing up a little bit is the only direction that James Gunn had to give him was look at Groot like you would look at your son. Mm. And I was like, oh, <laughs> oh, it's such a, it's just a nice moment because it's like. This is in the third one. What was that? This is in the third one. No, it's the second one where oh. they're listening to father and son together at right before Yondu's funeral uh, or like the explosions yeah. and the fireworks and all that. Mm-hmm. It's just such a nice moment. Um, but, and it is kind of like a beautiful moment of like, generations and down because like yeah this Groot is a new Groot than the one that died in the first one um which is it also an emotional moment mm-hmm. dang we see rocket cry in all these movies yeah what the mess man <laughs> why well, we gotta do do bradley cooper like that mm-hmm. um but holiday special holiday special please let's so it was your it. first experience how did you feel i thought it was fine i i thought um i mean it's just it has a like I, I will, my own my criticism is that like it does have a air of they didn't have as much money to do what they needed. Oh yeah, it it's feels such like, a small budget. It feels like like a Fox pilot pilot for a new TV show. I could see that. Yeah, and it's weird. It's definitely like weird watching it, like especially watching it just after the movies. That's true. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It, you can tell it was definitely like a small budget like Disney Plus show. And they shot it on the set for Guardians 3. Yeah. Because the Nowhere set shows up in Guardians 3. And they shot this at the same time. Mm. Because they were just like, yeah, we can. Um, And it was an idea that they had whenever they were shooting Guardians 2. Mm -hmm. James Gunn was literally like, hey, I know you're making like a streaming service soon for Disney. So can I make a Christmas movie? Uh, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Which he did. But yeah, it's super cheap. But I was like, you know, for 40 minutes whatever it's pretty and it's good. just a little tiny little christmas special and it's very fun and they yeah. have they they are able to have song hey, hey, wait let me just get they drop a huge bomb on us <laughs> that like if you don't see it yeah like they they reference it in three i don't like the fact that you say they reference it because it's a huge huge thing yeah they just like put in this christmas special yeah it's 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 not like they just did this for fun. It's like it's a huge bomb that Mantis is the sister of Peter Quill. Yeah, and it's like they just put it in there. Did you know that I was gonna react the way I reacted? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because like I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, that's why I wanted you to watch the holiday special before you saw the third one because I knew because it's in just like a small bit where he's like, why are you talking to me about it? He's yours. He's your brother or whatever. Uh-huh. And then that's like the only line. Yeah, it's weird that they should they should probably put a little more in there. Probably, in but the, uh, there's so much going on in the third one, it doesn't matter. Uh, um, and it's it's lightly implied in the second one that it's like, ah, oh, they're kind of like brother and sister. And then in the holiday special, they're like, no, they are yeah. brother and sister. And I think that's my favorite moment from the whole special well, is like, that's the best Christmas gift I could ask for. Yes, that's what I was going to yeah, say. It's it a actually, really nice moment. It's a really good reason. It like gives the whole thing more emotional weight than... Yeah. 
it then probably it's just like, should. Oh, guys, we're just doing a Christmas. This ha- why I have not watched it. Is yeah, like, I thought it was just like this. We're doing a thing. Christmas. We're doing a Christmas thing. Yeah, and like they do. Oh, they but certainly they, do. They, they like this adding that one little scene like puts so much more to it. Than, yep. Like it probably should be like it should be like kind of a one off thing. But James Gunn, I'm assuming he had all he was involved in this too. Oh yeah, no, uh, he wrote and directed it. Wrote yeah. and directed, yes, good. And like he, he's got his buddy's band in it. They, yeah, they, a great song. They have two pretty old good 97s. songs. Yeah, it was. Yeah, the, the <laughs> I don't know what Christmas Wait, is. Old but Christmas 90s, time is here. Yeah, I think it was called the old ninety sevens. Well, isn't what is Kevin Bacon's band called? Kevin Bacon's band. Kevin Bacon has a I band. Did, I didn't know brother. Kevin Bacon had a band. Uh, Kevin Bacon band. That's what I'm looking up. Kevin Bacon band. Is that the band? I don't think so. I think it was just, it was called the Bacon Brothers. Oh, well, all right. All right, let me look up. You said James Gunn has a band? He had a band, like, when he was younger. He was, like, the singer of a band. I think they were, like, a punk The band. Icons. Ah. In 1989, founded it. What a vibe. Mm-hmm. What a vibe, James. Um, but then the old 97s, I think, is what the, the guys were called. Yeah, rock band, old 97s. Um... Formed in 1992. So they've been going for a minute. Mm-hmm. But then, yeah, then, and that was the actual band in a bunch of, like, makeup right. on the set, Who which is great. wrote a song for this. Yeah. Well, technically, I guess, James wrote the first one. Oh. The, the I don't know what Christmas is, but Christmas time is here. here. Yeah, James Gunn wrote that. You can tell because he says Mrs. Claus works the pole. Um <laughs> Great. Yeah, it's a. Uh, it's actually both of the the original songs for this are bangers. Like it's actually yeah. like really good music, like mm-hmm. good Christmas songs, and it it was surprisingly Honestly, emotional. A, there was a lot of surprising little. The Wombats are on there. Wombats are like a band from Britain that I've listened oh, yeah? to a lot. Like they they're on there. I can tell because I know the singer's voice. It took me a minute, and I was like, "Who?" Yeah, double check that though. But I'm, I'm checking certain it. of the Wombats are on there. Is this Christmas radio edit by the Rombats? Yes, there it is. Good yeah. Lord. No, it was a great movie, man. Uh, it's a nice little short 45-minute mm-hmm. special for Christmas that actually serves the story and shows you even the deeper connections between the Guardians now as well and, and introduces Cosmo <laughs> because yeah. Cosmo is a big part of three. Well, I say big. She's not the biggest part, but, mm-hmm. like, you know, she's in three. And I loved... Uh, I think it's Yelena Bakalova, the girl who played Borat's daughter in the second one. That's who is uh, voicing Cosmo, and she's okay. great. She is great, um, and she's she's very funny, especially in the in Guardians Three. She's she's great, um, but like everything with Cosmo was great, and like you just start to get it. And Cosmo has been in was in the first one, yeah, in the collector's thing, um, and then. She technically showed up at the end of the second one in the end credits, like like you see her walking around, uh-huh. and then now in the holiday special in the third one is a main character. So is she like a big thing in the comics? Yeah. Okay. So for the most part, yes. Um, which in the comics, Cosmo was a he, but okay. then they, but James Gunn was just like, no, I want her to play him. So okay. now he's a her. Okay. And it's like okay, whatever. I mean, it doesn't matter at all. It's a dog. Um, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um, Cosmo's been a fun part of. Um, the comics for a while because he's also been like a part of the guardians been a part of like the like a lot of the cosmic stuff like um with the new uh the, the main uh 
mm, the main Nova, not like the Nova Corps, but like the superhero Nova, uh-huh. um, was Richard Ryder. And then there was another one. It was like Sam something else. I don't remember Sam's last name, but it was a younger Nova that was a newer in the comics. And it was funny because Richard Ryder just recently like had come back and like, like I don't know, it was like 10 years ago when it, right. when it happened in the comics. Um, but, and Sam was like, you know, I feel like everybody was like, everybody just likes Richard a lot better than me. And Cosmo goes, yes, he's much better Nova and takes out Annihilus's spine through mouth. Which is something that happened in the comics. <laughs> yeah, it was gnarly. And it was just like because he's a telepathic dog that can just communicate and do telekinesis. Oh. It's great. Yeah. I love it. And and Cosmo does a lot in the third one. And it's like essential to the movie. It's And it's great. And they do a lot of fun stuff with still playing up the fact that it's a dog. Mm-hmm. Like even in the holiday special, it was like I will not do more work until you give me those yummy treats, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's great. And it was just like small bits where it's like, yeah, okay, it's a dog, it's a very good dog. Um, I love Cosmo. Um, genuinely, one of my favorite additions to the third movie because oh, okay. they still have like it's it's great because like they introduce you know some new characters like even with Adam Warlock and mm-hmm. whatever. And even though it's more focused on the originals and the guys that we've met along the way, right. Um, even the new dudes have little arcs and like, like fun emotional journeys that is like, cool. I really hope to see all these guys again as, as we keep going. So it's, it's, you got to see the third one. Um, but I think that might be the episode. I think that might be it. So I do have a question before we go. Yes. What are we watching next week? So what we're watching next week. Is mm-hmm. a '90s classic, which is fitting. I'm a little scared because the '90s is what is celebrated mostly in Guardians of the Galaxy three. Okay. I thought a lot about this, mm-hmm. and we're gonna watch. And I haven't seen it in a while, and I'm excited to see what you think about it. Another movie of my childhood, which I loved. I promise it will be a better movie than Triple X. On a, uh, uh, okay, like this won't be. It will be a good movie. It will not be just so bad. It's good. Okay, we're gonna watch. The 1994, I believe, classic called The Crow. I've never seen The Crow. We're going to watch The Crow. I'm excited. That was shot here in Wilmington. Yes, it was. That's where he died. That is where Brandon Lee died. That's where Brandon Lee died. Yes. We're watching The Crow next week. Would you like to start mashing buttons? I would love to start mashing buttons. I'm not going to let you do it. No, get him. Get get you. But I want but I want to do it. Stop. No. Oh. Whoa, did you hit two at a time? Wait. Did. What is it? What is it? Just hit all of them. Hold on. Right on them, boy. Jesus Christ. No, no, that one's too long. Stop. Live from Joe's Closet is a part of HPE Radio, a heroic power entertainment broadcasting network. The show was created by Kai Knight and Joseph Gallion. Recording and editing by Joseph Gallion. And music by Benjamin Gallion. Thank you so much for listening, and we hope you have a blessed day.